Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a praise today as we're standing? Can we acknowledge His presence in this house this, this wonderful morning, this Lord's Day, the unstoppable, amen, the faithful, the Almighty. There's nothing small about our God today. It's, it's kind of hard to say this, but even the smallest thing about Him is not small. There's just nothing small about Him today. When I came to the Lord, I thought that I, and I did, I got acquainted with the mighty God. But I, I thought, man, this is awesome. But as you know, if you've lived for God any time at all, it's unfathomable. You cannot fathom His depths. You cannot measure His distance. You cannot see the height, of the greatness, the bigness, if I can say it, of our God. And He's here in this room with us this morning. Amen. I tell you, it's so easy to feel what, to just what we're feeling here this morning. And I don't know, I know this a lot of times a change of pace, a change of positioning, and it can throw us off sometime. But let's just do this. Let's just, let's just let God be God in this service today. I'm here not to perform, but I am here to serve my God today. And I'm serving, and what I feel, I just want God to have His way and touch us through the Word of the Lord for a little while. If you can bear with me. And uh, as we put this together, just let God bless your life and partake of the things at God's table this morning. Man, it's a privilege to be here today. We regret uh, much that the pastor's not able to be here and his sickness or prayers are with him. And uh, I was praying, actually, I told him yesterday in text that I was going to be praying for him, that God would just... Speed his recovery up, and I still am praying that he could be in the house of God, even with you guys tonight. I'd like to have had him here today. I know you would. I know Sister McCall would have. But we're privileged to be here nonetheless under these circumstances, and thank you for welcome, wel welcoming my wife and I here today. I want you to just reach out with us one more time and... Um, Ask God to speak to our hearts through the word of the Lord. Can we do that together? Just pray that God bless us today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Ask you to speak to our hearts today. Your greatness, Lord, to be magnified in this word through your people today in our lives. I know is your intention, Lord. Bless the pastor, God, and touch and heal his body. All that are sick, Lord, those that we are praying for today. God, you see the needs. God, you're able, I know, to do exceeding abundantly. We pray for this. ask you to bless your servant. Help us today, Lord, that we may receive your word in thankfulness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Appreciate the singing today. I really blessed that some of my favorite songs are sung this morning. And there's just really not any gospel songs. It's not among my favorite. I love the singing to the Lord, don't you? Even on a Sunday morning when it's, you're still wiping the sleep out of your eyes and you're trying to make sure where, where we're at sometimes. Anybody ever been there? 
especially in winter mornings. But God's blessed us today. It is warming up a little bit, Brother Anderson. So good to see my friend, elder in the Lord. I appreciate him and esteem his ministry very highly. The, the history that goes way back with us. And we appreciate you. Again, your pastor, the respect and regard I have for him, I appreciate very much and esteem him highly in the Lord and his family. Such workers. And um, praying that God would continue to bless this church. We're entering into a new year. And uh, we uh, just expecting great things. Somebody say great things. Expecting great things in the Lord. Now we know it doesn't always happen. Most of the time it don't happen overnight. And uh, if it does anymore, I'm almost backing off and wondering what's, what's the catch. <laughs> Amen. But God is not bound by our time clocks. We know that today. God has a plan and He has a purpose in all of our lives. And that's what I want to emphasize to you this morning. Uh, come to bring hope to your hearts and to do nothing but to lift up the mighty God in Christ today. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. We're thankful again for His presence. And uh, I would like to ask my wife as we turn, I want to go to the book of Genesis chapter 48. But as you are, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to ask my wife, uh, of uh, almost 38 years. I did get that right, didn't I? <laughs> Amen. Almost 38 years, and we'll be in uh, July. I want her to stand and give praise to the Lord. I've enjoyed the testimonies already, and it, it's excited me. Kind of just ties in with what I'm feeling here today. Sister Weaver, give praise to the Lord tonight.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for his goodness today. Appreciate my wife so much and love her dearly. Thank God for our companion, my companion, and all this labor in these these years. Seems like just a few days, but it's been several years. But God, I can truly say, has been good to us. And since we won't be here on testimony night, I just want to say, you know, there's so many things I could testify about. But I'm going to testify the word of the Lord today as a witness for some that's mentioned in the scriptures this morning. Perhaps about a couple, especially one individual beginning with here this morning in the scriptures, the book of Genesis. Um, I'm just going to testify beginning with this, this young man's life. But I want you to know today that God, as my wife mentioned there, is God can be our personal God. You hear it said a lot among religious circles of a personal Savior. But He's not just a Savior to me. That can represent just a one kind of a one-time deal. But He is the Lord of my life. He is my friend that we sung about. He He is closer than a brother to me today. Now on this dreary winter morning, God is still just as real as He is on a sunshiny day. We know that this morning. And as I prayed and sought God from yesterday on about the Lord's will, about this service, I just kept feeling drawn to this story, and I, I want to relate it to you. If you've read your Bible through various times and read the Scriptures and went with Bible studies, you've heard this these stories somewhat time and time again. But I just want to bring back a different angle of this if I can. It may not get out of teaching phase today. It depends on how loud you shout or how fast I go. I don't know what, how, you, how you judge it, but I felt the excitement of the Lord in that singing this morning and in the testimonies. My heart was rejoicing at what God had done, the healings, the miracles. It's just amazing to me of late. There's others that's been told of testimonies of people that we've known that God has pronounced them clean, pronounced them healed. And uh, even when the doctors have to back off and scratch their heads and say, I don't understand this. And all that's left to do is just praise the Lord because you can. There are just some things God leaves just for Him. Nobody else can take the credit for it. As skilled as they may be, God just does some things because that's who He is. Amen. Genesis chapter 48. I'm going to go to the Word of the Lord this morning if you would like to follow along with me. I'm going to begin about uh, to save some time. I do have a few verses here to fill in some, some information. But in, in uh, verse 11, I want to say this is a time when Jacob had come into Egypt. And uh, with his about 70 folks in his family, you know, the story of Joseph had been uh, sold uh, years before by his own brothers and um, into uh, slavery. And then he ended up in Egypt. God had his hand guiding him all along the way, didn't he? But uh, Though I will talk some about Joseph, I want to primarily focus on his two sons here this morning. Let me go to verse 11. Now, they had come before Jacob, who Joseph heard his father was sick. He was ill, 
And he came and brought his sons with him. He didn't know maybe if it would be the last time, perhaps, that he was going to see him. And so, uh, you know, acquainting with that thinking and that mindset, I kind of put myself in Joseph's spot. And thinking as he brought his boys and came before his father, who could not see hardly at all at that point, as we read to you, I want you to understand what's going on here. And he is going to bless, he's going to pronounce a blessing on these, these sons, who was probably, according to one commentary, the boys may have been around in their close to 20 or a little less, somewhere around that age bracket perhaps. But listen to what he says here, here. Verse 11, And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God had shown me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left. And Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them nearer to him. Of course, Manasseh was the oldest and, and uh, Joseph was positioning his boys so that when he got them up there, everything was going to be in order. Manasseh on his left would come to his father's right and Ephraim to his right to his father's left. And it was symbolic gesture, and this is one thing that we, in our Western minds, we probably don't understand a lot. We can't understand it if you know as uh, far as um, the blessing plan and all of that stuff and how it goes. But in, in those days especially, there was a lot of stock and put in uh, <clears throat> into the fact that the Father would bless the, the, the coming up, uh, pros, uh, His his children and his grandchildren, in this case his grandchildren. and So Joseph was positioning this just right. And look what happens here. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, And these shall all Israel, shall Israel be blessed, or blessed, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. Amen. And, and I just, you know, I thought about, I thought about this, this scenario, ongoing situation. And um, thinking in line of these boys, 
Manasseh and Ephraim born. They had never seen the promised land, no doubt. They were born in Egypt. They had an Egyptian mother who Joseph had taken during his time in Egypt. And uh, all they knew was, was that kind of uh, living and lifestyle, Egyptian. But what they didn't know was that God had His hand guiding their life. And I, I thought they're just so much like so much like our lives a lot of times. And again, this is in my prayer. I was thinking about what God had in mind. And I still, to be honest with you, I want to put this together the way I feel from the Lord. But I think sometimes we can acquaint with this situation when, when uh, Ephraim and Manasseh was standing before their grandfather. He couldn't really see them that good. And puzzled at the idea of how that he switched his hands crossed his hands, so to speak, and put his blessings upon them. However, the right hand was considered that, that extra blessing, if you will. It was a symbolic gesture of um, what God was going to do in their lives. And in the prophetic sense, I believe Jacob was acting prophetically here, and uh, God was guiding his hands, however, it, because... In, in due time, both those young men came out of Egypt. Their families came out of Egypt in time. And though they were grandchildren, both of them were blessed, as Jacob told his son earlier, that he was going to, and it's not in these words, but he was going to take them in as his sons. And they were going to be incorporated as in the tribes of Israel or Jacob. And when you go and study that, when they entered Israel and the 12 tribes entered into the land of promise, Manasseh and Ephraim was incorporated among those tribes, the grandsons. And, but here's what I want to look, here's what I want to talk about basically today. And the gist of this is summed up in the statement that God, God, when God crosses his hands, and I believe, I believe that perhaps those guys probably were thinking, you know, all I've known is Egypt, and all we're going to know is Egypt. But they didn't know that there was a God that was in charge of all this planning and all that's going on that God wants to do in their lives to make them a great people. And sometimes we're acquainted like that with, with our lives. We think that everything, life is just going to continue going on the same, the same way every day. And whether it's a need for our bodies and our healing, we think sometimes it's going to be this way. Or whether it's a financial distress in our lives, we think it's not going to change. Sister McCall's testimony, just, a, just a adding on to what I'm feeling here this morning, but God... God does sometimes cross His hands, folks. God does determine the outcome if we're willing to put ourselves in that position. And you and I that are here this morning and you're in the presence of the Almighty God, you may be thinking your life has been thus and so all this time. And you may admire, you may look up to people and see how their lives are blessed of the Almighty how the Lord has changed this and done that for them. 
but it's not so with me. But, you know, I, I find throughout the Scriptures, God has been big on what we call the underdog, hadn't He? God has been so, so uh, concerned with, with people's lives that He even went out of His way. You can mention even, even their grandfather, Jacob, could acquaint with this blessing like this because he was, not the, he was the youngest between he and Esau when they were born. And he found out that God could bless and would cross his hands in his life. Perhaps this is why Jacob did what he did with those sons. I don't know. But he, he, whether he knew it or not, God had a bigger picture in mind. And there was going to be nations, a nation established because of this. And what I want to encourage you here today, this Sunday morning, and to remind us that, that I believe in everybody's life, at some point, God will cross His hands for your benefit. As simple as this idea may seem today, as elementary as it may appear to us when we read this text, you got to put yourself in the place of these young men who was thinking, man, all I'm ever going to see is Egypt land. All that's ever going to come of my life is I'm a half-breed, and they were part Egyptian and part Hebrew. And here is, is my, my life is going to be all made up in this. But little did they realize those boys were going to become a tribe in, within a nation of itself. And even to the point, one day when Ephraim would be, uh, uh, what is it you can say, will obscure Manasseh as a tribe and as a people. Even Manasseh or Ephraim was lifted up and, and sometimes Israel was, was interconnected in that name. When they spoke about Ephraim, they spoke about Israel. God knew what He was doing then. And God knows what He's doing in your life and my life. There are days, Sister Weaver, that we'll get up and we cannot see. We cannot see. We're always going to be the, the lower person on the totem pole. We're always going to get the left hand of fellowship, as we say. But God's got a right hand of blessing for His people. And even lately in my life, I have, I have been reminded, I was listening to a, a, our pastor here recently, and, I, and it just re-triggered some thinking in, in my spirit about the, the dominance that God gives to His people. For us to stand in His promises, no matter how day by day that it looks oh, almost uh, overbearing in our lives, and it, it looks like that we're going to get nothing out of this. Joseph now. Speaking about Joseph in this story, he was already a father by this time, of course, and, and he had done went through all of the things that God had given him dreams about. He had seen his brothers bow down to him, his parents, here in this case, his, his father. And now he is coming before his father, and his father is pronouncing blessing on his sons. And God was going to bless Joseph through those boys. Though Joseph was not going to see perhaps the promised land with his physical eyes, he was going to see it through those eyes of his son. And because he trusted in the Lord, God calls Israel across his hands and says, I'm going to bless your sons. They're not just going to be my grandsons, but they're going to be incorporated in the tribes of Israel. Too many, too many times we look at at, and compare God to, to how we feel the circumstances are going on in our life, don't we? 
We want to make him as the size of, you know, the smallness of what's going on in our life. We feel so minute and so little in our circumstances. And we feel like that nothing's ever going to change in our home, our family, our circumstances on the job. But there's been too many stories told about God's blessings. And it's not just, and I'm not trying to just make something bigger than it's, than it seems today. It truly is what God tells us in His Word. You, you read stories about Jacob and Esau and how God prospered them. And I, I, thought, about, I thought about David in 1 Samuel. Let me read, let me turn to that text this morning, chapter 16, where we find David at this point was still a shepherd boy. But in verse 11 it says this, Samuel said to Jesse, are, there, are, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And so he sent and brought him, and he was ruddy and withal of, all, uh, of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now, the Spirit of God come on David that very day of anointing. And he was just a shepherd boy. But if, you, if I can say it, incorporating it in this, in this uh, thought this morning, that God crossed his hands went against the grain of what seemed natural instead of anointing the oldest son of Jesse. Instead of picking out any of the older boys, he, he was looking at the heart of that individual, as he does today. And he was looking at David's willingness, compliance to the Lord's will. And though he was anointed and had been anointed that day, and it took several years, you might remember, before he ever truly became king over Israel. But that anointing never left David. When God crosses his hands and leaves a promise in your life. Be encouraged that long ago those hands have pulled back from your forehead perhaps, but the promise of God is still just as real. The blessings of the Lord, amen, are still working in our lives, though we may go through some Egyptian experiences and, and a period of time like David did while he was still a shepherd boy and then a soldier and, 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 and still uh, and inter interconnected with Saul and the kingdom and all of that went on with his life, all the drama that transacted there. But in all of that, the promise was still upon him. God doesn't look and judge people because they seem to be perfectly able to keep harmony, perfectly able to speak greatly or mightily, but He looks at the heart and to those that are willing simply to believe that there are greater things to come in our life. And I know when I came to the Lord uh, as a teenager, Brother Randy, I know that that my life just seemed like it was going to be just another humdrum life in the 70s coming up as a teenager, that there was, there was not a whole lot that I could look forward to, even though I was reaching for stars, I was searching for answers. And in that process, Brother Anderson, I found the Lord. I found the answer instead of 
As they say, instead of just reaching for the stars, I began to realize I need to reach for the one who made those stars. Because one of these days, the stars will fall. The firmaments will melt with fervent heat. But the God that made them is everlasting. And He will be a friend in our lives for eternity if we'll put our trust in His mighty hand. If we will be willing not to shirk the responsibility, but allow ourselves to let Him touch our lives and anoint us and believe that one of these days you may get up and you look at the same old situation. Trust today that God's going to cross His hands in your life. Trust today that God's got a portion. He gave Jacob even again in, those, in that same chapter, He gave Jacob and, or Joseph an extra portion above his brothers, even though he was among the younger in the family. But after all, Joseph was instrumental in saving their lives literally from the drought and the famine that was going on in the country. Literally, he'd done all of those things, but there was much more to it than that, I believe. And I believe there's much more to it than we understand today, that God is working for our good, what's going on right now. You may not see. It may seem like with Joseph a famine in your situation. And it may seem like family is so as Joseph's family for so many years was distant from him. But one day God crossed his hands in his life. As a, as a people, I think about what God spoke through the prophet Joel, I believe it was, when he spoke to them and prophesied to Israel in Joel chapter 2. We quote from it a lot of times, church. We think about the promises of God, but we relate it in Joel 2.28 to what Peter quoted from it on the day of Pentecost. Remember that in Acts chapter 2? He said, this is, these are not drunk like you suppose, Peter said. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and this is what he said in verse 28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, you young men shall see visions. And this was mainly recorded for Israel's uh, posterity. But let me back up a moment in, Jeff, in verse 25 when he said, God speaking to Israel through Joel, he said, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. God promised Israel. God promised them He was going to revive their lives, revive that nation from the things that the pestilence and the actual uh, capture and captivity that they were going to be in for so long a time God promised that he was going to bring them out of all of this and when it's said and done fast forwarding to the New Testament times he promised he would pour out his spirit upon them and not only would he be their God and a father to them but he promised that he would dwell in them and walk in them amen that he would be close to them he promised that in spite of the fact that it looked like nothing was going to happen good for their nation, He was going to bring their nation back to Him. And as, as impossible as it seemed even with Joseph, 
and his family at a distance. And it looked like nothing was going to connect. The dots, you looked at it on the page, and there was no way this story could connect. You know, when the more I read the Bible, the more I study the, the writings, inspired writings of the Scriptures, both old and new, the more I have to confess that God had to have His hand in these lives. Because I don't think any human being could have concocted, schemed, or put together stories like you read in the Bible. They would have made it work out almost in a perfect fashion. But here you find a, a boy that was betrayed by his own brothers and sold and ended up in slavery in Egypt and in prison even before it was over with. And now he's standing before his father and his father is going to send a blessing to him through his sons. And God's going to connect the dots again. And so the train continues down the tracks. Up to this very day, God has a promise God has a blessing waiting for His people. I go to what the writings in, in Simon Peter's writings, if, if you uh, bear with me a moment, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Not only did God promise it, promise it to Israel, but He did tell us in the, in the Scriptures that it would be not only to them, but whosoever will let them come. And Peter was writing to to the believers at this particular place in 1 Peter chapter 2. And he is describing our God, our Savior, our Redeemer. And he says in verse 6, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But he says in verse 9 and 10 in particular, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past, get this, was, were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not, not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." Did you catch that in verse 10? At one time in our lives, we were, we were just, we had no real godly heritage. If you're like myself, we had no real connection with God in that sense. But now God has made us His people. God has put His name on our lives. And God is, as it were, to me. I speak for myself, but I believe God in my life, He, he crossed His hands for my sake. When He went to Calvary, when He paid the price for us on the cross, you know what He was doing? It wasn't just for Israel's sake, to the down and outs, to the little shepherd boy. All of these to me are, is an allegory of God's mercy to all humanity. Every time He reached out to the fatherless, you read the stories in the Old Testament. Who was it? Who was it? Ruth, who was incorporated into the lineage of Jesus Christ by marriage. Not by blood, but because she believed in the God of her mother-in-law that impressed her soul. 
God crossed His hands for that lady. Incorporated her, if I'm not mistaken. I, I forget now what uh, angle of people she was from. But, uh, but anyway, she was not of Israel's stock. But God crossed His hands for that young lady's life because she was willing to believe in the God of the fathers of Naomi and so on. Who was it? Another lady in the Scriptures. Rahab in Jericho when Israel was about to take the land that God gave promises to. And in this city the spies went in to see the land and, and figure it all out and she protected them and with that protection of faith she said we've heard about your God she told those spies we've heard all about what's going on and how your God is a mighty God and he's done this and he's done that sometimes saints of God we are thinking that God cannot do the impossible but my friend that's exactly where God can step in there is no such thing as impossibilities in God's vocabulary today we are looking at things that loom large ahead of us right now, perhaps. Maybe this month, this year, decisions and choices and things we're thinking, it's always going to be Egypt land for us. But I believe with the child of God, He can do some expected, unexpected turns as far as we're concerned. But in His sovereign grace, He's got it all figured out. If we would but just allow Him to cross His hands in our life one more time, I'm saying I, I know it happened just once with, with Ephraim and Manasseh, Brother Randy, but I believe it can happen numerous times. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? Amen. That the situations that seem impossible with Ruth, it looked like she had the opportunity to go back to her, her own homeland. And Naomi said, you let you girls go back. Her sister went back, but Orpha went back, but, but Ruth said, I'm going to stay and go wherever you go, I'm going. Amen. Wherever you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your God will be my God. And I want to tell you, the Lord heard that. And I believe He just kind of crossed His hands that day. Amen. And blessing the heart of that woman. And God incorporated her life. Amen. And to the heritage, not only of King David, amen, but the Lord Jesus Christ through the centuries to come. And if God can do the things that would be humanly impossible to do then, don't you know this, this fine Sunday morning, God is able to take circumstances in your life. He is able to take the things that seem too hard for you. This very morning, this Sunday morning, when your pastor's sick at home and wishing he could be here today, when circumstances seem all against us, perhaps this morning. And I'm not going to be much longer. I'm just giving you what I feel from the Lord this morning. That Peter reminds us when we were not a people, God has made us His children. That God has incorporated us into that, under the covenant of the promise. To have and walk in the dominion that God wants you to have. That sin... As it's written, I think it's in Romans chapter, I want to say chapter 6 and 14. It says that, that sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. And you don't have to let any sin, any lifestyle of this world dominate your future. When you are redeemed, God doesn't just give a half-hearted half blessing. But He's going to give you that right hand of fellowship.
He wants to extend to you even this morning the total completeness of salvation to your life, the total completeness to your home. I firmly believe that God blesses His children. And yes, I believe there is a bias there because if you believe in Him, He said, if you will, if you will do this, if you will come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, He said, I will be your God and I will be a father to you. I believe there is a certain bias that God has in regards to those that will put their trust in Him. This morning, I believe with all my heart, I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. I, I'm no, maybe I've been longer than some want me to be, but I, I, I just don't feel like that, that uh, there's so much more that I could say, in other words. But I feel like that God wants to remind us this morning that He is still on the throne and that when everybody else turns aside from you, he'll be just like they were singing in the service earlier. That you can be a friend of the eternal today. There are a lot of people in this world that may promise you things and family members, relations, and all of these things can let us down sometimes. But there is one that I believe that is in this house this Sunday morning that will never, never let you down. And he's in this place to cross his hands for somebody's life. If you're having trouble, I want to encourage you to just submit and let God place his hand over you as we pray tonight, today. I know it's Sunday morning, but how many of you know God can work a miracle Amen. this morning? He can heal if there's distress, if there's anxiety, if there is sin plaguing your mind and heart and fear tr troubling you of your past. Whatever the circumstance you could place on it, take yourself and put it under the presence of the Lord this morning. I've known of people that struggled with things for years. And they finally just prayed, God... I can't fix this. You know, if Joseph was going to fix things, if he could have calculated how to do it, it would have been so hard to put all those pieces together and make it fit like it fit in the, in the, in the book of Genesis, like it did. You can't plan things to make it always fit. But when you put that puzzle into God's hands, whether we're old, elderly, young, middle-aged, married, single, or whatever our circumstances in life, God can put those pieces together. And the place that you're looking for to fill, the, the place that you've, you're wondering where I'm fitting at in all of this, God wants to encourage you this morning. And I believe as we pray today, God wants to cross, some, cross His hands and lay His hand on you, His right hand, a blessing, an extra blessing upon your life today. In your family, if you need the presence, the Spirit of God working in your life and you, you've yet to receive. Won't you open your heart this morning? As we stand here today, right in this congregation this morning, God is very close to us. Father, as we pray right now, as we draw near to you, Jesus, trusting that the faith of those in this congregation that have come time and time again and God, they may be even wondering, I don't even know why I keep coming. I don't seem like I'm getting anywhere. But God knows your heart, friend.
And God encourages you this morning. God wants to encourage you in the promises of God. And He wants to lay His hand upon your life. Oh, sweet spirit, move in this place as we pray this time of prayer. Thank you, God, for the sensitivity of your people. Bless them, Lord, royally, greatly in your kingdom this morning. Jesus, we pray, Lord, stretch forth your hand and touch their lives today. Families that may be troubled, individuals that may be going through things that nobody knows about but you and them. Jesus, I pray that your hand would reach down and encourage them this morning. In the mighty name, in that lovely name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, God, have your way as we pray. Draw close to Him this morning. My friend, God wants to bless you more than you could imagine, strengthen you greater than you could ever think. And it's not just hype, it's not just speaking words this morning, but God wants to do it. Reminded of a man that was born in his case, and found, we find it listed in the book of Acts chapter 3. We find him at the gate of the temple begging for alms for all those years that he was able. He was begging, and all he had known is that life. And I want to tell you and encourage you today, and tell you that one day that God crossed His hands and touched that man's life that day. For when Peter and John went there and they saw Him, pronounced that blessing on Him and reached out and Peter took Him by the hand, God, God met Him there. And He walked in leaping and praising the Lord. His life was changed because He had never known what it was. woman for 12 long years in the Gospels, it tells us, was searching for an answer for her healing. It seemed like it was only getting worse. But one day, literally the Lord passed by her way. And when she touched the hem of His garment, the mighty hand of God, His healing virtue touched her and blessed her life. And I, I believe this morning... God's not only a healer of bodies, but a, a mender of hearts and minds, an encourager of souls today. Trust in the Lord and let Him touch your spirit. Ask Him to help you today. Surrender it all to the Lord. Don't struggle and hold back. Just say, Lord, here I am this morning. God, I want you to fill me. Give me what I need in the power of the Holy Ghost today. We're trusting in your hand right now, Jesus. Jesus, are you believing Him right now with your whole heart? Trust Him. Amen. As they sing, prepare to sing this morning. Just let, let's continue to reach out and draw close to Him. Let His Word penetrate your heart. Amen. As your heart saying like, like Ruth who was saying, Your God will be my God. And I'm going to follow all the way. Let Jesus help you this morning. Whatever it is. It's not too great for Jesus. It's not too hard. Trust Him this morning. He may not come when you want Him always, but He will come. Put your trust in Him today. 
believe in him with all your heart this morning. Jesus, we trust you today. God, we're believing this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, agree. Amen. Agree with somebody today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And let him bring promises to your life in greater measure. God bless you this morning. In Jesus' name.